When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Starting a family is undoubtedly an exciting time. But the reality of seeing a positive pregnancy test can send even the most laid-back woman into a spiral of sleepless nights. Trust me, I've been there. We're here to tackle the conundrums that keep many mums-to-be, just like me, awake at night when they find out their life is about to change forever. Hello and welcome to Baby on the Brain, a podcast brought to you by Stylist Magazine, dedicated to the big life questions you face when you find out you're pregnant. My name is Fliss, I'm the digital executive editor at Stylist and I'm pregnant with my first child. I am 32 weeks and really feeling it now. (laughs) Every week I'm joined by a different co-host, but today we're doing things a bit differently. Nina Malone, founder of the Dope Black Mums movement, is taking over as host and I will be her co-host for the episode. Together we're going to be discussing today's big question which is all about motherhood through the lens of a black woman and more specifically digging into the mental health challenges that surround being a parent. Together we want to explore the joys, the challenges, the differences for black women and those from other minority groups when they find out they're pregnant and how this might affect their mental health. Hi Nina, thank you so much for agreeing to take over Baby on the Brain for this episode. I am officially handing the reins over to you from now on. It is yours. Ah, Hi, hi everybody. (laughs) Thanks Bliss. Thanks so much for having me. Honestly, we were talking on Twitter and now we're here doing a podcast so I know it's brilliant I, I'm really honored to be here and I think this conversation is really important I think we need to keep on having it and keep on having it and keep on having it in as many ways that we can um, across as many platforms as we can just to so it really lands um, for all of us yep. for women for supporters for yep. all parents new mothers everybody um, we need to keep on talking about it so I'm Nina Malone dope black mum of two and I'm just excited, really excited to be here. Um, you know, I remember being a new mom and feeling so anxious all the time, feeling nervous, so many different messages yeah. coming in, so many bits of mel- uh, well-meaning advice coming from parents and friends, from strangers yeah. on the street. Yeah. Everyone just feels like you're, you're open and I'm here to, to take your advice. So I remember feeling scared to leave the house, feeling like I'm doing it all wrong. Um, and recently I was looking for pictures of me in my first year of pregnancy and I couldn't find hardly anything because mm. I was either taking the picture or hiding from taking the picture. So I've just been thinking as we've been talking, just the anxiety um, around the social isolation caused by the pandemic has added yeah. so much more pressure that it's really crucial that we keep on talking and we keep on Absolutely. checking in on each other. And that as new parents, we seek advice. So I'm really, really excited to be having this conversation. I can't believe that strangers on the street gave you unsolicited advice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, That's outrageous. Totally like, oh, it's a bit cold. Don't you think you should be doing this? Or, <gasps> and I was just like, 
and, and, it, and it just adds to everything. And then you're already sleep deprived. You're already anxious. You're already <laughs> panicking. They're like, oh, oh, should I have put another layer on? I mean, she's got five on. Should I, should I put another one? And, um, you know, it goes into, it goes into, it plays into everything. And if you're not, if that is a day where you're not feeling strong, where, yeah. you, where you've had less sleep, yeah, I sometimes start crying. I'll be like, oh my God, am I, am I an awful person? Did I miss that? Did I, did I forget all the thousands of things I should be bringing? Have I remembered this? Am I an awful mother? Um, yeah. You know, and those were things when I was sleep deprived and I was in my first year would reduce me to tears. So it feels like it's a good time to bring on our guest. I'd love to welcome the fabulous Keely Tanova. Keely, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We brought you on just to talk through everything mental health and specifically challenges faced by black mothers in 2021. So what's your understanding of the uh, landscape right now? Well, I'm, I'm very much aware of the, the news stories about a disproportionate deaths for black women, which is incredibly, you know, shocking and concerning and just brings another tear to my eye thinking about discrimination and what what that may mean and generally what it may mean for you know being a mum who is black and the challenges that that may come from that you know in terms of lifestyle birth order you know career mm. class as well and i think we don't give sufficient sufficient attention to class and how that impacts on our well-being, impacts on our capacity to be able to be articulate with other professionals as well. And a part of me, you know, as I was taking in the news about this kind of disproportionate representation, I couldn't help but also be thinking about class as well as how that also intertwines with the shocking figures. Mm. Totally, totally. And what do you think we can be doing to protect pregnant women, protect their mental health, any things that we should be looking for, anything that we can do to support as a friend or as a pregnant woman? Yeah, I think I think one of the things, one of the areas that's often shown up in therapy is uh, I've had lots of pregnant women who come in thinking that, well, they basically come because sometimes they've gone to their doctor, been concerned that their energy is low, had blood tests, and actually haven't even considered looking at their life critically to work out what needs to go and what needs to stay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, my energy's low. I'm going to get a blood test because I can't keep juggling all the balls that I've been juggling all my life. I, I, I think that's so, so easy for us to do, isn't it? Just that mental load, that mental labor. And I remember some of my friends just dropping me a text. I didn't even have to reply, but just a text saying, I'm thinking of you. Um, or even just coming around and doing the washing up or coming around and maybe batch cooking some meals and labeling it and making it all pretty mm. and Tupperwares and putting it in the freezer. Just just things to to take off of that. Because like you said, if, if there are women who are not even thinking about their lifestyle, but straight only thinking about blood pressure, it um, you're missing a trick, aren't you? Also, it must be such, I feel like it's such a woman thing to do. It's such a female thing to do to take on all of the weight of everything and juggle something and suddenly you're not feeling well and you go well there must be something biologically wrong with me totally. it's it it my body's giving up because i should be doing all of this stuff very well yeah 
Isn't that Isn't sad? Crazy. Yeah, Isn't that absolutely. Sad? But that's, that's the first thing you think of rather than let me sit back. And I think that's when yeah. the safe spaces come in. You need your trusted friends who really, really know you, who can you can rely on, you can be vulnerable in front of, but most importantly, can call you out on your own ish. Yes. You know, when you're playing yourself. <laughs> so like they can maybe mm. think, well, actually, maybe it's not your blood pressure. Maybe you're still doing a zillion things and maybe you need some help. And that is being vulnerable. And, and asking, which is which is tricky to say, hang on, I need to step back. I need to take a step back and have a look at everything that's going on for me. Yeah, I think I think culturally there's a, a massive challenge around around asking for help because it just as Nina spoke about that word vulnerability. And the challenge is if I'm hyper strong and I'm a go getter and I'm proudly describe myself as an alpha female, a go getter then actually feelings of inadequacy or weakness have to be rejected and suppressed. Yeah. And that that's where therapy is incredibly helpful to get people to begin to connect with their vulnerability. For many of the clients I've worked with, even the word depression isn't used. Many of my black clients will say I've got low mood. And because I'm also a coach, they'll come to see me as a coach. But what we're doing is psychotherapy, but we can't call it that. Oh, that's so interesting. And it, that's the vulnerability. I think it's everyone being being conscious of being labelled. So if you're going to a therapist or if mm. you're going to a head shrink, there must be something wrong with you. When really yeah. your body's saying, actually, let's just take a minute, take a step back. It doesn't, doesn't mean that you are mentally unstable, um, though we all are. Come on, let's face it. To a certain extent, <laughs> we all are. But I think, yeah, I think everyone has those safe spaces. Everyone has those people that play the role of a therapist. I think labeling it like that. I mean, this could be coming from your barber. It could be coming from your nail tech. Anybody that you sit down with, have a moment and you can offload um, either people that know you or don't know you. Just just the act of being able to actually say it, Mm. whether you physically say that or write that down, that is therapy. That is therapeutic. I think people just find the labels difficult, like this means that there's something wrong with you, when really it's healthy. We, we have done this in generations in many guises um, with many different labels, but it's, it's, I think it's all the same thing. I think going back to your earlier point, for black women um, actually asking for help, I think practically what's difficult is historically black women haven't been believed so then the Mm. reason why these part of the reason why these numbers are rising for maternal maternal death rates amongst black women is um you're going and talking to a gp and you're getting shunned away or you're not being believed so then if that keeps on happening why would you go back and that takes effort practically to go to the gp if you've got another child Mm. to find childcare, if you're at work to take leave that takes effort to to, to go there be open, be brave and say, I'm struggling. This doesn't quite feel right. Um, and then to be turned away. Also, the more dangerous problem, it says, actually, no, your gut isn't right. What, what you think you're feeling isn't actually happening. And we need to trust our gut, especially when you're pregnant, especially in these times. You need to trust that. So be, be, be brave. And it's fine to go and ask for a second opinion. You're allowed to go and ask for a second opinion as a woman who is pregnant now and is like mildly petrified about the future how did you guys find it when you were pregnant for the first time with 
you know your mental health did you did you worry about it was it something you actively thought about or actually were you just in absolute get get it done mode and you kind of powered through your pregnancies so I have two children and both my pregnancies were quite different actually the first time like you like you were just saying I I really powered through but then got called in for blood clots for preeclampsia um which then you know, you really start to panic. I had to off injections twice a day for the majority of the pregnancy. Um, so for me, yeah, power through the first time, but um, yeah. wouldn't suggest it, you know? I think if you can <laughs> take a step back, I think going back to these safe spaces, these trusted people that you have around mm-hmm. you, you can just take a step back just to look. Um, like Keely was saying earlier, it could not be a technical issue. It could not be a medical issue. It could just be a lifestyle issue. And that could be resolved quite easily with your friends and family and loved ones around you. So I didn't do that the first time. The second time around, I went into it with a lot more uh, clarity. Um, and it was a, a lot a lot easier. But I really had to protect my energy, had to protect my mental space. I had to um, make an effort to be aware of what information I was taking in. Like I said, there mm-hmm. were strangers giving me advice, there's friends uh, and family giving me advice, and this advice is then conflicting and you know nothing makes oh, no yeah. same, same thing. So I first time round, I really stressed myself out about that. Um, and next time round again, I trusted my gut and trusted to be vulnerable to take some some space. I accepted everything. I was like, yes, come round clean the house, yes come round, batch quit for me. Yes, do, yes. do all these things. I'm not going to feel a way about it. Because before it's like, oh, someone's going around. Okay, I better quickly put my hair up. And do I have a bra oh on? Do I smell? Yes. Have I had a shower? And hoover. Shaved? Yes. I, do I need to hoover? Oh, my God. The do I need to do that? Stay. Yeah. Like, I yeah. can't I can't have anyone come in here because, you know, I haven't picked anything up. But I can't move because my sciatica is so bad. Exactly. So this is what I mean. So those trusted friends... If they could see you with no bra in, in your house in a state, yeah, yeah. great, because those could be the people who could also come around and just do a bit of washing up or do a bit of cooking or just sit with you in the mess, you know, but you just need those people <laughs> with you. And yeah. and your body has changed. There's so much hormones and everything going on. Um, I, like, grew a beard. I had these, like, really yeah. weird, like, wiry hairs coming in really weird places I was kind of aware of and slightly conscious of and then also didn't do anything about because, you know, what can you do? So I think you're just so aware of everything that it sounds simple, but again, these friends, these trusted people, I think they can make all the difference. If you're just vulnerable and say, look, I'm not going to be embarrassed. I do need a bit of help with the clearing up. I do need a bit of help with cooking. Mm. And if I um, forget this, you're here to remind me, you know, and sometimes you can just come around and like I said, do a bit of washing up or get the dustpan and brush out and um (laughs) it makes you feel better doesn't it when you can see your space is clear and um you know I I think that really definitely helped me how was it for you Keely how was your first first pregnancy well mine was very different I was working at Ikea at the time and I was in my late teens um it was a surprise pregnancy one might say um and I my body was it it was a breeze. I just, my body adapted really well. <laughs> Amazing. I carried on working. And um, I, I had I had no complications. I had a wow. natural birth. 
And I think when I think about my daughter's now 22, uh, my second daughter is 20. The, the, when I think about that pregnancy, all I remember is the value of disposable knickers. If you... <laughs> disposable knickers are the way to go you just wrap the lot up and it's gone done Um, yeah I think I think whilst my body was probably it's because I was you know I was young I think one of my biggest challenges was the relationship that I was in um and I think once I became pregnant I didn't I seemed to not be um as interesting he lost interest and I think that for me was very incredibly difficult realizing Mm whoa, hold on, you know, I'm going to be doing this alone-ish, sort of, because then you'd come back around. And I think that realisation was particularly difficult. And it was probably through that process I began reading self-help books. That's Mm -hmm. where my journey into self-help books began. And then two years later, I I got pregnant again, um, as you do, because we weren't together. And I thought, right, I'm going to come off the pill. And um, I got pregnant again and I decided, you know, that it was a gift. And so that pregnancy was just a lot harder because it Mm. was really clear to me I was going to be doing that on my own. But for me at that time, I think that's where family and my relationships with my family really came to the fore. I got closer with my mother and I think, you know, I know that that's not available to everybody. But Mm. that relationship, you soon realise how much you've taken um, from mum and, and for me I, I really needed that support so I think phys- physically I was fine but the psychological challenges in terms of the relationship breakdown financial troubles was particularly difficult but it also gave me a clear vision that I needed to change my life If you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I 
I suppose the interesting thing for me, um, having done some reading and some research and really trying to educate myself on the differences between my pregnancy as a white woman and pregnancies that black women and other minority groups go through. And um, I have been doing a bit of reading on uh, a movement called Five Times More, which was um, started... um, because black women in the UK are five times more likely to die during pregnancy and childbirth in comparison to white women. And that's a stat that has actually, it's not changed in a very long time. So what, I suppose I'm trying to understand from my education, what I can do as an ally, but also how can we help black women who are pregnant right now, looking at that statistic? Because they're, that is really, really petrifying. It, it, and it's been going on for ages and it's not decreasing. It's staying the same with, if rising. Yeah, I think we all have to keep on speaking about our experiences. I think you doing this podcast is amazing. And I think that might give people the strength and wisdom um, to be able to speak on their own experiences. I think, again finding those safe spaces help. Mm. I think urging people again to get those second opinions because you, it, it's really, again, it's really important that you believe. So part of the issue, part of this statistic is just that black women are simply not being believed or not going in. There's already a deep mistrust of medical professionals in the black community. So to then go and say, to get up the courage to go and say, this doesn't feel right. When you've got your childcare sorted, you've taken leave off work, and then to be told to go go away is a lot. To trust your gut and go back again, that's where the safe space comes in. That's where hearing other people talk about their, their uh, stories comes in. So I think urging everybody to keep on talking, get that second opinion, that third opinion, that fourth opinion, trust your gut, you know, because you know your body better than anybody else. And we need to document everything every time women are going to medical professionals if they're getting refused treatment it needs to be written down in your maternity notes it needs to be seen so that when we are coming with these petitions when we're talking to politicians we're having this conversation you can see no this is actually happening this is real you can see it documented here and so many times um it's either not getting taken seriously it's not being heard by the right people and um it just needs to stop. We, 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 I have this conversation about five times more, probably once a week. You know, it comes up all the time and we are constantly being affected. It doesn't really seem, seem to, be, um, to be changing. It's great to be having yeah. this conversation. So if we're still having this conversation in a year, you know, that, that's, that's when you can see if change is really happening. I feel uh, we've... There needs to be something tangible. There needs to be something more than just being able to write to your MP. And, and you know, these are the discussions that I'm trying to enter into because, you know, it's really pushed me to think about what life is like for people who don't have, maybe the, even people who don't have the privileges that I have. And I'm not just talking in terms of race, but as Keely mentioned earlier, you know, there's there's classism going on in maternal rights. There's so much at play here. And um, and it just shouldn't be like that. It just should not 
the world should not be like that but it is and I suppose it's up to us to unpick that and make it right and you know as I suppose as three women right now having the conversation we're taking that big first step and you guys are doing a hell of a job to do that as well um yeah and I I think it's keeping the conversation going so like we were talking about those petitions that you have written the funding that you have given checking in on them three months six months a year later a year later the petitions you are rating um keep checking in on it uh keep sharing it keep on having the conversation five times more have an amazing resource on the website they have uh, um, a petition which you can sign. They also have a letter which you can download, um, a template that you can sign to your local MP. We could all do that after listening to this podcast. And that, that oh, would be absolutely. Uh, we will, um, I will make sure that that's signposted on on Stylist actually, just to, to really push that point. But um, Keely, do you think it stops women and especially black women coming to get help for their mental health? the distrust perhaps in the medical system? Um, Most definitely. I think there's always a fear of um, being diagnosed, labelled and having medication that goes alongside that. I think that's a very um, real fear for people. And it's personally, it's it's one of the reasons I work in private practice because I, I don't necessarily come from the medical model. I'm much more interested into the biopsychosocial model of people's um, well-being challenges. And I am more interested in looking at them from a holistic perspective. And I think people know that. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, I've I've done particularly well in private practice because people trust that because I am outside of the system and I work independently it's it's incredibly beneficial for people that that trust is already there um which provides the safe space for people to bring the challenges and talk about you know I guess it's also you know it links into cultural competence that people feel safe that they can talk about their experiences Mm. and know and know that I get it you know it's a bit like when you you know, you just mentioned, it's like, you only get it now in terms of what your friend was going through, because you're now pregnant. Yep, absolutely. You know, and so there's there's that relationship, which then empowers me to also refer to, and sometimes I do refer clients back into the NHS, but they do so maybe with support with myself with a letter, or that I might encourage them to seek help from some of the other practitioners at Key for Change who um, also work in the system, but they can help them navigate it a lot easier. So it's yeah. particularly helpful. I think, yeah, you know, we've all got to work together to really, really push this forward, haven't we? I want to balance this out with touching on the joys of pregnancy, because I'm so aware that we could sit here and all day have a conversation about all the awful things um, in terms of, of course, the injustice and the racial injustice and the, the comparison and also just the horrible physical symptoms sometimes of pregnancy. But there's got to be some joy in this, right? I always, it feels to me like joyful stress. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, there's, there's a lot of joy. There's a lot of joy. And I have two young kids and it has been a real life changer for me. They yeah. they teach me things every day. Mm-hmm. They show me myself every day. It's like walking into a mirror, bang, every <laughs> single day, multiple times a day. Because 
it really tests your your beliefs, your practice. It, it tests the very core of who you think you are when you're sitting oh there having debate with a two-year-old. You know, that is petrifying. Like, wow, I, I think for me, one of I mean, I had a great, uh, an easy pregnancy and a great birth, and I think one of the things that really stood out for me is the legacy. My mother is of Jamaican heritage. My dad is white. And um, being in the NHS, in the bosom of, of the organization that encouraged my grandparents to come to this country and seeing Caribbean women, African women, Asian women, white women working and, and being able to benefit from that expertise, it, it was actually really profound in terms of my own history and my own story, because at the heart of the NHS is you know, such a diverse population. Mm. who assist and support and help. And I think for me, that was, it's just beautiful. As a private practitioner as well, I, I support lots of clients who, who are also now working, midwives who also work in the, middle, in the Middle East as well, because there's something about the training that people, midwives have in, in the UK that is highly regarded around the world. Mm. And I'm incredibly, like, that's really beautiful to see so, so many people having really different experiences because their qualifications from the UK open doors in other countries, enabling them to have very different lifestyles, you know. So that, for me, does give a sense of joy and pride. And I think, you know, being a mother um, and now having adult children who have their own personalities, but also have watched me, you know, I carry a lot of guilt as as a mother who had to, who was single, who used education as a transformative tool to get myself out of kind of that kind of just existing and surviving. That actually, you know, I wasn't there for the school runs. I wasn't the mum cooking from scratch. Um, I was the mum who was, you know, going from one degree to another degree, then starting a practice. And they're like, hold on, like, when does this stop? And it's actually just this year I've been able to buy my own house. And I'm grateful for that. One of my, my eldest daughter has her own cake business and she's doing really well. So, and my other daughter is now her, well, I think she's her business manager because she's the one who does the detail. So, Amazing. you know, there is. But they, some, they've seen you do that. They, yeah. they, you've modeled that and they've picked all of that up. So, you yes. know, that, that guilt, all that experience is, is what they, is that tenacity, yeah. that go that that energy to go and get and get it that's amazing that's you and Liz, what what joy have you felt are you feeling after oh. few weeks <laughs> I don't think today's the day <laughs> do you know what it's I I am trying to embrace all the little feelings that I'm starting to allow myself to feel so I suppose I, I've never felt very maternal. I've never really embraced any sort of emotion. Um, and now I'm starting to think, oh God, there's going to be a tiny human being who's going to call me mum, which is the strangest thing in the whole wide world. And actually in terms of embracing her heritage and her background, she will be mixed race. Um, and I'm literally so excited to have like walk that path with her and show her all the amazing parts of her heritage from you know there's parts of Pakistan there's parts of Kenya there's parts of Leicester you know the three very beautiful places um <laughs> I just I, I'm trying to embrace the whole package because I think 
it's it's a good time to do it and um that's the joy for me at the moment Keely, thanks so much for joining us. It's been so wonderful hearing all of your thoughts, your advice, your wisdom. Um, I know this has resonated with so many people. So, so thank you so much. I'm sure we can put links to Key for Change so we can find out more about what you do and if anybody wants to contact you directly. So just thanks so much for stepping in and sharing with us today. Beautiful. Thank you. That was brilliant. Oh my I God. have yeah. had so much fun talking with you today. I really, really learned a lot. And just remembering everything that goes into motherhood, to pregnancy, yeah. just all the complexities, the layers, really, really, really good to talk about. What What have been the best moments for you? What were the takeaways oh, for you? I think, firstly, I think it's so reassuring to speak to mm, women who have been there, but also have experience with such support and I don't just mean supporting their friends but what you and Keely both do in a professional sense is so important and I've just even having half an hour to speak with you guys has made me feel reassured and um and actually like I'm ready to fight I'm ready to fight for this now and I'm ready to fight for everyone else to have that level of support because I want everyone to have access to it. I would love everyone to have half an hour with you both. It should be on the NHS. <laughs> yeah, let's make that happen. Yeah, I mean, that's my next campaign. But um, <laughs> I think the phrase I will take with me from this is joyful stress. Because no matter who you are, no matter what kind of support you've got access to, even if you are you know, stuck on your own in a pandemic, you don't have a partner and you found yourself pregnant, that we should all be able to find our, ourselves some level of joy in that, no matter how stressful it is, because, you know, it is a beautiful thing. And that's what I'm taking from it, joyful stress. Yeah, I, I think it really is. And I think it's just important to remember that no one knows what they're doing. Everybody <laughs> is making it up. You know, everybody is a first time parent for the first time. And no one's got a guidebook. There's no correct way to do this. We are all making up as we go with the knowledge that we have. So just like you said earlier, oh my God, I've been an awful friend. But now you know, you will be a support to your friends. Yeah. So I, just, I think for me, it's just really remembering that. And I, and I have these talks to help me walk the talk. You know, it, it's yeah. so easy to forget that. And I say that saying this. So I, I think for me, it reminds me of the importance of that safe space, of the, finding those friends, those trusted few that really, really know you that you can be vulnerable with, that you can be yourself wholeheartedly, that can yeah. also pull you out on your own shiz, on your own wish, when you are kind of playing yourself, when you may not be doing something, when you may holding yourself back, getting in your own way because of fear rather than love. And your friends who know you well, and I'm talking about maybe under five people, you know, mm. can call you out on that. And I've I've found that in these digital safe spaces, but you can do that anywhere. But I think it's important, really important, because with the sleep deprivation, with all these messages coming in, with all your hormones going around, with the pandemic, there's so much flying around that you need that space that's going to anchor you, that, that one thing, whether that is your music or religion or exercise or meditation yeah. or spirituality, whatever it is, you need something that's going to stay secure. And that could be um, your friends. I, I would urge everyone to trust their gut, really get connected with your gut. And whether you have to do that by taking some, some time 
for yourself, taking some still time. You don't have to call it meditation, but just take a moment to reconnect so that when you are in a space where something doesn't feel right, especially when you're pregnant, you can go and get that first opinion, that second opinion, that third opinion, whatever you need to do to get you the answers to make you feel reassured. If you need one of your trusted friends to be your advocate, to speak on your behalf because you yeah. don't have the language, um, you don't feel confident or you don't have the access, do it. I think the the alternative is too great. So absolutely, why not? I think mainly just trust your gut. Don't don't ignore it. And and lastly, just to document everything when you're going to the medical professionals. Um, and this is touching back on the black female experience. Document everything. If you refused any treatments, make sure it's written down in your maternity notes by a doctor or a midwife, state their names, state the reasons why, really, really get into it, because it's going to help us when we are talking to the politicians, we're having these conversations, when we are trying to understand why these stats are here, they exist, and they are actually rising. I think if if everyone could go to um, fivetimesmore.com, um, have a look at the movement, have a look at what they're doing, have a look at their messaging, they've got templates, they've got a petition, mm. um, that is what I'd urge everybody, everybody to do if they can, if they can take five minutes just to have a have a think about it. Really just, it's impossible to understand someone else's experience, but taking a moment to just think about it, um, I think that would really help. Absolutely. Well, Nina, thank you so much for taking the reins on this episode. And I, you know, I am so grateful that you are here and that Keely joined us and that we had this discussion. Well, that's all for this episode of Baby on the Brain. A special thank you goes out to Nina for hosting this awesome episode and our guest Keely for being so honest with her answers. You can tweet us at Stylist Magazine, find us on Instagram and use the hashtag StylistBabyOnTheBrain. Next week, I'm joined by stylists Natasha Gandotra as my co-host and influencer Molly Carnan will be our guest. And we'll be tackling the big questions we have about jealousy. Remember to subscribe, share and leave us a review on the App Store. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.